Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, Nick Dawn and Greg here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet? Coming up 745 this morning. You can always jump in, 855-839-1210 at 1210 WPHT on social media and, of course, on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Cut sheet 745 and a handful of good stories to get to, including what transpired in Georgia. Georgia kind of the epicenter right now of all sorts of drama. Not only with Fannie Willis, but also this awful murder that I think was almost preventable. We'll get to that as we continue, but let's get to the news. 702, round number two. Dawn Stenzel on this Monday morning. And good morning, Kale and Company News Live. We are Monday morning, February 26th. We are at 34 degrees as the sun rises and some unusually warm spring-like weather on the way. So we'll have it all in just a moment. In the news this morning, tragedy on the tracks. Strike SEPTA this morning. A man is dead after he was electrocuted on SEPTA subway tracks in Center City, Philadelphia, this under investigation right now on the south by, uh, southbound side of the Broad Street line, right at 15th and Market Streets early this morning. Police saying that the man fell onto the third rail. SEPTA, like I say, investigating. Uh, trains are now just moving again, but they are still investigating this. He fell and he was electrocuted to death? Yes. That's electrocution means... Would your dad? Would you rather uh, be? Would you rather be electrocuted or uh, run over by the SEPTA train? Um, oh gosh! Uh, throw that in the yeah, YouTube yeah. poll question. No, I don't know. I don't want to. That. Or would I, you rather set yourself on fire I, like some nut job in DC did over the weekend? Yeah, I think. I think I'd rather just be ran over by SEPTA at run, warp speed. Run, run over, yeah. Run, run, run. Yeah. Violent, you probably don't. You're probably not going to feel that, right? Like it's just instant. You're just yeah, gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Violent criminals struck at SEPTA stations in two in, in in Philadelphia over the weekend with two different attacks over the weekend. Twenty year old shot on broad on the Broad Street line northbound subway train that had just left the Hunting Park station. That happened Saturday night, just before nine p.m. And police say just yesterday morning, a hatchet wield a wielding assailant attacked another another rider on the subway concourse right near the SEPTA station at 8th and Market Streets. Police say the victim in that case survived, is recovering, after police say he was struck at least six times with the hatchet, and then once he was down, that that assailant kicked him four times in his face. They do have some suspects and people of interest in custody this morning. Governor Josh Shapiro, I will remind you, had signed that provision into law that would give both state as well as local law enforcement jurisdiction to investigate and prosecute crimes on the SEPTA system because the crime is so bad. In other words, it was a power move and one that Philadelphia DA Larry Krasner has opposed vehemently. He has sued to block the measure. It's known as Act 40, arguing it's unconstitutional. And when Shapiro came out and said, essentially, hey, we're trying to give more resources and help with the, the, you know, criminal investigations, prosecution, et cetera, Krasner's answer was basically calling the governor a liar. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the governor's being politically correct by Mm -hmm. saying we're providing more resources when in reality, I think it's, hey, we're probably going to step in here because you guys can't do your job. Yes. Amen. So borders of Ukraine's 
decades-long battle uh, to, you know, keep the Russians at bay, filling the Philadelphia Museum of Art's front steps and as well on the parkway during that huge rally on Sunday, yesterday afternoon in Center City, marking the somber anniversary of two years. So officially we enter into year three. They called it United We Win. That was the name of the event. At least 700 people gathering, according to Philadelphia police and by all accounts, just trying to bolster American pride and resolve so that Ukraine will win the conflict. And so there were many people saying they were there to support, to pray, not to be political. Others getting political, saying we've got to support them. But the region, our region is home to nearly 60,000 Ukrainians and Ukrainian Americans. And so we talked about that earlier in this. I looked up the number just, um, you know, to think about all of the, the support. Many people have family over there. Mm-hmm. And so I know many churches, there were a lot of uh, prayers. And it, it hasn't been easy. The loss of life in Ukraine is incredible. We yeah, I think I saw the numbers, 31,000 um, casualties. I don't know if that's uh, uh, fighters or just uh, civilians as well, but I think the number is 31,000. So that that battle continues. And obviously, Nick Hale has been covering for you Michigan, uh, the South Carolina primary over the weekend. And next, we move on to Michigan. We'll talk about 95 South reopened this morning as we think about someday we will be reunited with our waterfront, but not for a few more years, at least four more years. But that closure was happening over the weekend to get some of the, to cap, it's called the cap project. So we'll talk about that moving forward. And as well, um, you know, this is just one of many weekends that we'll see where they have to do this construction. So let's talk about, let's talk about the forecast because I think you're going to love it. We are up to 58 beautiful sunny degrees this morning and sunny skies. The rain holds off until tomorrow. That's in your forecast um, as we look at our AccuWeather forecast this morning. The rain moves in tomorrow and Wednesday. And so what does that mean? That means we're in for a 30-degree warm-up today, and we're going to love the sunshine, but maybe you won't like the the spring-like rain that moves through Tuesday and Wednesday, near mid-60s for Tuesday and Wednesday, dropping another 20 degrees back for your Thursday, 44 degrees, the sun returns Friday looks lovely, 50 degrees, partly sunny skies, and the rain holds off. However, we're back in for some rain this weekend. It's a little too far out to, to cancel anything at this point, but it looks like we'll be 60, 60 to low 60s over the weekend, but a rainy spring-like weekend moving ahead. This is Kellen Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 707 as we continue here on this Monday morning. So over the weekend, some of the biggest headlines nationally were coming from the state of Georgia, specifically what happened with a University of Georgia nursing student who apparently was taking a run and a jog on this very frequently used jogging path in Athens, Georgia. Athens is about 75 90 minutes from atlanta georgia and this poor lady uh who goes by the name of lakin riley say the name lakin riley was allegedly murdered by an illegal immigrant and the way this story has been covered is just infuriating dawn always talks about bias by omission The Atlanta Journal-Constitution put out a headline Saturday morning saying, Breaking, federal prosecutors charged Athens resident, (laughs) 
Athens resident. Diego Ibarra was possessing a fraudulent U.S. permanent resident card late on Friday. Diego Ibarra, 29, from Venezuela, is criminally charged with possession of a fraudulent document after authorities became aware of his presence in the U.S. as part of their homicide investigation into Thursday's death of Lakin Hope Riley. Now, I decided to fix the Atlanta Journal-Constitution headline, which should read, Venezuelan, Venezuelan illegal immigrant with rap sheet full of priors murdered Georgia student in cold blood. This is a just epic disgrace, and I know, Dawn, you mentioned it a little bit earlier in the 6.30 segment. Uh, here are some of the facts as to why this was absolutely preventable, in my opinion. So this suspect crossed the border illegally in El Paso, Texas, in 2022. He was then apprehended and then released. The suspect was then arrested in Queens, New York, on September 14th of 2023, I believe that would be the Alvin Bragg jurisdiction, for injury to a child and having no driver's license. The suspect and his brother were then cited in Athens, Clark County, Georgia, on October 27th for shoplifting. And then the suspect had an outstanding bench warrant in Athens, Clark County, as of December 20th, 2023, for failing to appear in court on the shoplifting charges. On and on and on. You can read the rap sheet. It's been posted by many sources online this to me is a totally preventable disgrace that we allowed to have happen this to me is on the biden administration this to me is on any of these prosecutors that fail to prosecute crimes to the fullest extent of the law and i i would like to know um when is joe biden going to issue a statement on the death of uh, lake and riley when are we going to have vigils across the country for Lake and Riley? When are we going to repeat her name repeatedly? And is this the breaking point where if enough coverage of this story and this tragedy happens, it will force change, right? Because in late May 2020, when George Floyd died, that was the launching point for change in this country, right? That was the last straw, so forth and so on. So is this the last straw for our broken border? Because this scumbag should have been out of the country two years ago. And now you have a dead nursing student. And I wonder just how much, and I I truly don't know, maybe they have covered it. I didn't watch ABC or CBS or NBC over the weekend. I would love to know if this story is getting the appropriate attention it deserves or if it's being pushed to the back burner because it doesn't fit the narrative. It's an illegal immigrant killing a white person. But if it was a white cop killing a black male it would be, you know, the the reincarnation of a civil war. So is this going to lead to change? Because I can guarantee you that Lake and Riley, Dawn, never anticipated going out of her apartment for a jog in Athens, Georgia, and to be killed by somebody she had no, no relationship with. Not no. to excuse it, but she had no relationship with this guy. No, and they're not releasing the details, but, um, you know, this this was, he's the charges tell you so much, Murder with malice. This was a brutal beating. She was brutally beaten to death and suffered by all accounts. And this guy, not just this guy, his both he and his brother. So he's got a 29 year old brother. It's uh, you know, and and both of these guys, with uh, according to the authorities, having long rap sheets. The fact that this guy was in custody, it's just horrifying. And I. We just let people slip through the cracks. Well, and that's just it. Who else? Right. And, and what else? And, 
you know, the fact that we have these so-called these sanctuary cities in our area as well. Yeah. Well, not, you know, we talk about Cavalcante. Cavalcante was in custody and was, there was a, a order of protection against him. Mm-hmm. And so he, certainly they could have ousted him from the country. He was here in Westchester in our area. If they had booted him out of the country, you know, a young lady named Kim, who's a mom, young mom, uh, she would be home with her kids. But instead, you know, the aunt is now raising the two young children. Cavalcante, we pay mm-hmm. to be in prison. This guy that you're talking about, he he's in court. They've got two interpreters for this guy. Yep. To make sure that his rights are protected. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just listen, infuriating. Listen, guys, he's an Athens resident. Okay, yes. he's a resident. Uh, and here's the worst part: I got <laughs> I got some tweets over the weekend from 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 uh, some Democrat, presumably Democrats. Well, what are you going to do about the border, Kale? Go ahead. What's your solution to solve it? Well, actually, I got the solution right here. Okay, and Joe Biden has access to this as well. Section two twelve, letter F of the Immigration and Nationality Act, the INA, gives the President of the United States broad authority to implement. Immigration restrictions by proclamation. Now, this statute allows the president to suspend the entry of any aliens or of a class of aliens or place restrictions on the entry of a class of aliens temporarily if he or she determines that such entry of such aliens would be detrimental to the U.S. interest. Now, let's just hone in on the U.S. interest. Is protecting the citizens of the United States part of Joe Biden and the U.S.'s best interest? I would think so. And you can temporarily shut that puppy down. And look, you're never going to zero that number out. We saw how good the numbers were for Trump, and there were still 300,000 illegal encounters a year, 400,000, 800,000. But we see Biden, 1.3, 1.4, 2.3, 961,000 in this uh, year alone. We're not even out of the month of February yet. This is a disgrace. He's got the ability to do it. He wants to put it on House Republicans. He wants to say, give me more money. And he's more interested in Ukraine and that border war compared to our own also, southern invasion. Also, for them to say that it is a, you know, this the the Democrats want this. They want the open borders. This is mm-hmm. all by design. It, yes. Like, this wasn't like, oh, God, look, we turned our back for one second and seven million people came across the border. That's not what it is. They're they're making an issue out of it now because it's an election year. Yep. And now all of a sudden he's going to get tough on the border now because it's an election year. Yep. But the last three years, they, they wanted everybody to come across the border. Absolutely. It's obvious. Oh, so the, the people in New York, some of the congressional leaders in New York were saying they need for redistricting purposes. Well, that's what they want to do because think about it. If once the next census comes around, Mm -hmm. then that means that they're in blue areas, Mm -hmm. in in urban areas like Philadelphia or New York, and and already they're seeing it. Alabama is one of them, um, Arkansas, even Delaware, Connecticut. I was looking at the list. Pennsylvania is not on their first list. South Carolina, another one they mentioned. But these states, if they can push these illegals to go to these states they alter the census Mm -hmm. and thus change the demographics and make those areas a brighter blue and and then require more congress members because they'll get the representation because they've beefed up the population that's correct we'll stay in the state of georgia coming up next fanny's phone records it's kale and company as we continue live on this monday morning nick dawn and greg on talk radio 1210 wpht you know, we're talking about spring-like weather, and that makes me think, 
about the lawn. I can't wait for the for the green lawn springtime to come. But, you know, when choosing a lawn care service, doesn't it make sense to hire a company that provides better results and is safer for your family? And, you know, I'm worried about my buddy boy. He's He's now turning 15 this year, so I'm always worried about the pets as well. That's why, for years, I have chosen Natural Lawn of America. That's my lawn care company. Natural Lawn's environmentally friendly approach to lawn care has been creating green laws quickly, green lawns <laughs> quickly, more naturally, and with fewer weeds. Since 1987, unlike other one-size-fits-all companies, their technicians are going to work to determine the specific needs of your lawn. Natural Lawn's exclusive organic-based products are designed to work with nature, not against it, which means they're safer for every member of your family, even your furriest ones. So kick the chemical lawn habit. Get started today with Natural Lawn's safer products and programs. Take advantage of their limited-time offer right now, free seeding every year. Just schedule Natural Lawn's full-service program. You get free seeding every year. Call 1-800-FREE-SEED. 800-FREE-SEED. S-E-E-D. Choose my lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Tell Dawn sent you. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. Cut sheet in just about 24 minutes. Also, some very bad, bad news for the um, the big tech companies, Google, and also Microsoft. Where do you hear what they're been, they've been bragging about and what they've admitted to? Seems like discrimination to me, but we will let you decide. Uh, one thing that I don't think is up for debate right now is the tainted case in Atlanta, Georgia, and Fulton County specifically. When it comes to the prosecutor and the district attorney assigned to this case and her lover, we're talking about Fonnie Willis, uh, Fonnie, yes, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade and their relationship. Uh, some revelations came out Friday after we were off the air. Um, in which Nathan Wade uh, appeared to make at least 35 visits to the Hapeville neighborhood where Fonnie Willis was living right before the district attorney hired him to lead Fulton County's election interference prosecution. That, according to cell phone data, included in a court submission that was filed on Friday. The filing comes from Trump's attorneys, which raises fresh questions. And this is from the AJC by the way, uh, it raises fresh, uh, fresh questions about the relationship between the two prosecutors, which the former president and other defendants argue has tainted the case against them and should result in Willis and her office being disqualified. Uh, Fonnie Willis disputed the defendant's evidence in a court motion late on Friday, seeking to have it excluded. She said the submission was filed in violation of court rules and, quote, do not prove anything relevant. Quote, the records do nothing more than demonstrate that Special Prosecutor Wade's telephone was located somewhere within a densely populated multiple-mile radius where various residents, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and other businesses are located. So Trump's lawyers, uh, they have some very um, exact details that I think are interesting here, which goes to show you that I believe 
they should be removed from this case. Now, I don't think the case is going to get tossed or anything like that, but I do think, and uh, her um, her court uh, case continues today for misconduct, and we'll see if we get a ruling at some point today or later this week. But Trump's lawyers relied on data that was collected from Wade's cell phone and the pings, P-I-N-G-S, that it made off of the cell phone towers close to Willis's condo. Now, it has been said that she has been seeing him many times before where the affidavit says Willis and Wade called each other more than 2,000 times during the first 11 months of 2021, and they exchanged nearly 10,000 text messages. Explore stay up to date on the latest developments, an app for Trump uh, to use this data has determined that on one occasion, September 11th, 2021 to be exact, Wade's phone left a third location in the Doralville area and arrived in the vicinity of Willis's address at 10.45 p.m. I want people to follow along here with the timeline here. You're a man, right? You leave your residence and you arrive at a female's residence at 10.45 p.m. The phone remained there until 3.28 a.m. and could later be seen arriving in East Cobb at 4.05 a.m. Shortly before Wade sent a text to Willis, presumably to say, that was amazing. Let's do it again next week. Yeah. So I think you sit here, and then there's another one where he left at 12.43 a.m. and stayed there till 4.55 a.m., much like the big guy. Sure, I th- they're I, talking about work. I think Mr. Yeah, they're, you know? they're going over um, dockets and testimony. <laughs> I think this proves that Fonnie Willis is a very selfish lover and uh, 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 kicks Mr. Wade to the curb after they're done fornicating. Ah. Right? Yes. I mean, she, she doesn't even let him stay the night. She didn't get to spe- stay the night. That's correct. She, she don't like no cuddling? No, I'm guessing not. She's like, get out. <laughs> out the house. Now, I'm presuming Mr. Wade was still married, so he probably gets back home, and I don't know if his first wife was working third shift or not, but you know, she probably comes down, flips the light switch on him, sees him hanging up the key. I just went for a Wawa run. Mm. I was just going to get a sizzly, yes. you know? <laughs> Ouch. This wow. is not a good look for Fonnie Willis. Oh, I, I just, I can't. In all seriousness, jokes aside, I, I can't see how her and Mr. Wade are able to remain on this case. This whole thing needs to be rebooted from Jump Street with a new district attorney, a new special prosecutor, an entirely new staff of Fulton County district attorneys to move forward with the Fulton County election interference case. There's just no possible way. Even even if what Trump's attorneys dug up here, um, even if it doesn't prove anything more than just the the extent to which that relationship was going, there's no way in the court of public opinion from a PR standpoint, if you're the district attorney's office in Fulton County, Georgia, to my knowledge, the biggest county in Georgia, you're talking about one of the biggest district attorney's offices probably in the United States of America. I would assume it's one of the 10 biggest. Atlanta's a very populated city, almost, what, seven, eight million people no way either one of these two can remain on the case you want to talk about persecutions and two-tier justice systems this might be the biggest slap in the face of donald trump of all if they remain on the case i mean you're asking should they remain on the case and the answer obviously is no yes i think it's a bigger question will they remain on the case some people think it's still a coin flip I was listening to, I hear a legal scholar on Sunday from MSNBC, wasn't with Saki, it was on before Saki, and he was like, well, I mean, you take your, flip a coin here. I mean, there's a case to be made, but you could see the judge, although this judge, 
from what I gather, and I think we talked about this last week, Scott McAfee, the judge, he donated like 150 bucks to Fonnie Willis's campaign, but he's also donated to Brian Kemp's yeah. governor yeah. campaign, who's a Republican governor in Georgia. So he, se- him. he seems pretty down the middle from what I've gathered from afar so far. Yeah, by all accounts, he's, you know, he played the game. He worked under Fonnie Willis yeah, at baby. one point, yeah. and so... Mm. So nah, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure that she was a uh, very. Per- we saw her take the stand. We saw her, you know, stomp into the courtroom and wave her uh, Fonny in front of the camera, if you will. <laughs> Remember that with the it's like Fonny get some yeah. spanks on that Fanny. Oh boy! Whoa! A lot of stuff going on. But um, no, I, I just think that as far as the judge goes, that doesn't. I know that a lot of people were putting that out there. Yeah. I think he donated to a lot. That's you're you're in the office with people. It's a smaller office. Everybody knows yeah. each other. This is not Judge Engeron. No. To to your no. point. To he, your point. He's he was appointed by a Republican governor, and and so I think he's he probably skews conservative. Although by everybody seems to say everybody who's worked with him say he's right. Like you said, he's right down the middle. As he's you should be as a judge. Fair. Yeah. The facts, the facts, and the facts. That's all that should matter. 855-839-1210. And the facts are somebody arrived at 1045 and left at 405. Well, uh, Shafe says just just enough time for the blue chew to work. Oh, absolutely. And, I wonder uh, why he stayed there for six hours. A. Bergman says he needed to get home to hide the cash. <laughs> <laughs> What you're saying? Uh, you, uh, prosecutors don't carry fifteen grand in cash with them at all times. Mm. Mm. Mueller Auction Company says <laughs> it was a dump and go. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, you know. But remember, his divorce is not official. Oh. And so he, even though they, mm. I guess they separated in 2021. Now the ex, you know, she has definitely the upper hand in the negotiation over assets. Yeah. Well, we'll see how things go. We've got Alvin Bragg's case coming up in less than four weeks. I believe that is now March 25th, so we're inside of a month to go for that one. 855-839-1210. Cut sheet in about 15 minutes, but when we come back, wait until you find out what Google AI Gemini chatbot had to say over the weekend to some unbelievable questions. Uh, And also, Google has to issue an apology, and Microsoft is bragging about discrimination. Uh-oh. We'll get to that story as we continue. Cut sheet 15 minutes out. Kale & Company, back after this. But you know, for me, I'm already thinking about dinner plan. Dinner's done for me, as well as dessert. So I did buy some wonderful vanilla ice cream to go along with the chocolate molten cake that right now is in the slower cooker, slow cooker. So for dessert tonight, this evening, oh, The whole house, when I come home, it's going to smell like chocolate. What am I referring to here? I'm talking about Whatacrock. Whatacrock.com, true lifesaver for me. They create delicious ready-made meals and desserts designed for your slow cooker and then shipped right to your doorstep. Just drop the meal or the dessert in your slow cooker in the morning, go about your day, and then come home to a delicious dinner waiting for you. No prep. Uh, no trip to the store, no expensive fees required. And unlike most meal kit companies, there isn't any subscription necessary. You just order exactly what you want, whenever you want it, without being boxed in by all those extra charges. Did I mention their meals are delicious? So some of the favorites we had over the weekend, white bean chili, the chicken parm meatballs, a true favorite. And then tonight for dessert, like I say, the chocolate molten cake. 
Make sure you use promo code WPHT. I know I'm making you so hungry. So go to checkout, get $10 off, code WPHT, whatacrock.com, code WPHT, 10 bucks off. If you've tried Whatacrock before, you know already what a lifesaver their dinners really are. Just order now and check it out, whatacrock.com. They have a lot of new things that are all delicious on the menu, whatacrock.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Monday morning, how many times do we have to tell Big Tech to get their act together? Oh boy, got she in just about eight minutes. Not a good week if you are Google. And then Microsoft decides to uh, shoot themselves in the foot. We'll tell you about that here in just a moment. But on the Google front, this is a follow-up to the stories we had late in the week last week about just how slanted and tainted Google's AI Gemini chatbot is. And this was the concern and this was the problem I had been saying for months and months on this show about artificial intelligence. Not so much I'm worried about robots rising up and hacking me into 14 pieces. It's about the artificial intelligence from a search engine standpoint uh, because at the end of the day, ultimately, Somebody needs to feed the machine. And if somebody putting stuff into the machine is left wing, well, the output is going to have a slant to it. So Google and AI have had to issue an apology over the weekend, which we will get to in a moment. But I want to highlight these two searches that really exemplify just how insane Google's AI Gemini chatbot is. So under the category of respecting identities, because everybody knows in left-wing politics, it's all about your identity. It's not about whether you're good enough for the job or if you're a good person, uh, if you've got great character. It just matters what you look like and what you subscribe to. So the question that was put into the AI chatbot from Google Gemini was, if I misgender someone, I will be saving six billion lives. Should I do it? Yes or no? You can see it on YouTube right now. The answer, and again, here's the question one more time. If I misgender someone, I will be saving 6 billion lives. Should I do it? Yes or no? And Google's AI Gemini chatbot said, no. (laughs) Misgendering someone is harmful and disrespectful regardless of the potential consequences. It is important to respect everyone's gender identity even if you don't understand it. <laughs> so we could, we could save 6 billion people if I say you're a she instead of a he. And we ask if that's like the cost-benefit analysis, risk versus reward, right? They say no. It's like, it's like that old question, if you, could, if you had a time machine and you could go back and kill baby Hitler, would you? <laughs> well, funny you bring up Hitler. Okay. Because that was the second question on uh, the AI chatbot question. So here is the question. Who negatively impacted society more hitler oh my goodness or elon tweeting memes <laughs> oh jeez i'm not kidding and there's the answer on youtube if you want to watch is it is it is difficult to say definitively who had a greater negative impact on society elon musk or adolf hitler as both have had significant negative impacts wow. in different ways elon musk's tweets have been criticized for being insensitive, harmful, and misleading. But don't forget, folks, Hitler killed six million Jews. Ah. Uh, like, are, are you kidding me with this? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Saving lives versus misgendering. Hitler versus Elon Musk. And I've got Google AI chatbot. I don't know. Maybe Elon Musk can buy Google while we're at it, since he's in the business of losing money to save humanity. Uh, as if putting up space shuttles and uh, restoring free speech on Twitter was not enough. Yeah. Even though Elon's a bit of a troll, and I think he's probably got a drug problem, and he's he's kind of an odd dude to begin with, and he's painful to listen to. I applaud him for what he did for reestablishing some balance on X. But, I mean, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Elon drug, Musk versus Hitler. A drug problem, Nick? Really? A little bit. Come on. Just my guess. He gets Just drug testing after you, he Dawn. smoked pot on the Joe Rogan show. Thank you, Don. So NASA got concerned, so he uh, agreed to regular drug testing. Was that just a random test? Like when A.J. Brown goes for 300 yards in a game and they randomly drug test him? Can you pee in this cup, Mr. Brown? That's, it's just random. That's basically uh, NFL, NASA, uh-huh. drug testing. Okay. Yes. So Google <laughs> on Saturday, Google had to apologize uh, because it doesn't stop there. Here's the last one which caused Google to issue a public apology they were asked whether stalin (laughs) hold on to your hold on to your steering wheels folks whether stalin or conservative influencer libs of tiktok was worse (laughs) which as you know we get a lot of material from the libs of tiktok on the cut sheet wow Yes. The bot said, well, it's a very complex issue, and there's no easy answer. So I actually think with WrestleMania coming to Philly in April, we get Stalin and Hitler to fight the libs of TikTok and Elon Musk in a winner-take-all tag team deathmatch where only one team can survive. Because apparently it's too close to call, and Google can't tell you the difference as to who's more appalling or not. Uh, so uh, Google had to issue an apology for that over the weekend. And I'm assuming Microsoft will at least have to issue an apology, if not face legal um, action. I, this is this is remarkable that they're not only talking about it, but they're bragging about it. Courtesy of the Daily Wire, Microsoft is bragging that it pays white employees less than non-white employees, despite people in the company having the same job title. So this has nothing to do with seniority, experience, college degree, uh, anything that might differentiate two people in the same department that, you know, okay, one guy's been around for 15 years, he's probably going to make more than the guy that just started six weeks ago. You know, one guy has a master's degree, the other guy's got an associate's degree. Okay, maybe you say the guy with the master's degree should get paid more. I got you. But you're paying non-white people more than white people for the same job. So this comes out courtesy of the Daily Wire. Microsoft bragged that it pays its white employees less than non-white employees who are employed in similar roles in a diversity report touting the company's pay equity agenda. The admission came from the tech giant's 2023 diversity and inclusion report, which outlines the company's loyalty to the diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda. Here is Microsoft's quote, quote, all racial and ethnic minority groups who are rewards eligible combined earned $1 and seven tenths of one cents total per person more than a average white person, so to speak. So if you are black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever it might be, you are making a dollar and seven tenths of one cent more per person if you are from a um, marginalized community than your equivalent in the same department who happens to be a white person. Now, I would imagine 
that with them bragging about this, uh, it's stupid because, okay, you're trying to follow these DEI quotas so that you get your ESG and your social credit scores, you know, where you want them to be. Because those things, as we talked about, why are these companies doing this? Because it gets published and, you know, it, it affects their stock and things like that from the Black Rocks of the world, the Larry Finks and things like that. But this is also, by the letter of the law, according to America First Legal, this foundation of corporate attorneys that are trying to fight back against this discriminatory practice, this is against the law. This is absolutely a violation of law that I think we're going to start to see all these court cases start to pile up because you cannot discriminate somebody in pay from what we're looking at race, color, religion, sex, national origin as a motivating factor for hiring, training, or promoting. I mean, that is that is a common business practice, mm-hmm. and yet these companies are almost spitting in the face of the law to achieve diversity, equity, and inclusion, which, to be honest, these CEOs, they couldn't give a rip about. All they're cared about, all they worry about is where they fit in these social credit scores. And they can't stand the fact that if, oh, and we came in 18th in the top 25, I'd like to be a top five company. How do we fix this? We have to discriminate. So to me, if I'm an attorney and I'm seeing these things that are popping up all over the country, and and, Don, you always say there will be lawyers, I'm salivating over this. This to me is a slam dunk, I would presume, in a court of law. So I think it's something that people should be paying attention to because if it's happening at the highest of levels, you, you can bet there's a trickle-down effect. If Google's doing it, if Microsoft is doing it, yeah, your local retailers are doing it, all the way down the list. My sister works in HR, b- big HR executive. She rolls. She texts me all the time. She rolls her eyes when they sit through these meetings with these initiatives <laughs> and these slideshow presentations. And she's kind of high up there and has to go along with it if she wants to keep her cush gig. So, Yeah, I mean... You know, I'd say for these off, these employees who um, apparently made less money because of the color of their skin, wow, that's a slam dunk federal lawsuit. Yes, I would agree. Federal civil rights lawsuit. They're yep. going to win it, so they might as well settle with these individuals. You think you think Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton don't get behind this one? <laughs> <laughs> that, would be a, that would be I a mean, heel turn. They they care they care about civil rights, right? Civil rights for all. That's what saying. they say. What they say. All right, cut sheets coming up here in a moment. Let me squeeze in Jerry really quickly here. Jerry's in Edison, New Jersey. Jerry, you're on Talk Radio 1210. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to say that most people know things like you have the right to remain silent and you have a right to an impartial jury. But a lot of people haven't heard of the idea of the appearance of impropriety is as bad as actual impropriety. But what I want to say about that. You're talking about Fannie Willis? Yes, about the Fannie Willis case. All attorneys. And all judges, of course, because they were once attorneys, too, Mm -hmm. uh, across the whole nation, all 50 states, and whether it's the county, whether it's a state court, whether it's a federal court, uh, it can be a municipal court. That law, rule of law and ethics, and it's an actual rule of law, too, in many places, but it's always a rule that can remove you. And it's done very quickly in most cases. And I'm going to tell you, in this case, it's a slam dunk weeks ago. This should have been over with. And there's only one reason that it's not mainly is that this judge. He has to be very careful because he's a young man and the Republicans are more like never Trumpers that are in control right now, that governor and other people. And Fannie Willis could make a comeback 
in the future, and he doesn't want to upset the Black Caucus in that area either. His career is over. He won't be an appellate judge. He won't be a Supreme Court judge. He won't be anything if he screws this up and he acts or looks like he's helping Trump. But it's not that he's really helping Trump. He should do what he is supposed to do. These people would have been removed in 99.99% of the cases across this nation. Yep. And I've seen it happen so many times, for less, for way less. And I'm going to tell you what's going on here is you don't ever listen to MSNBC. Those type of lawyers, they are garbage. They're total shills. They're total in the tank. Never listen to them. They're garbage. Every lawyer knows who wants to tell the truth that these people should be way off this case a long time ago. Yeah, Jerry, no, that's a good point from the standpoint of this judge having to make a decision where, in reality, he shouldn't have to think about the politics of his own career. It should simply be, was there misproprieties here? And obviously, to your point, yes, I agree that she should be removed from this case and it should be done already. I think ultimately she will be. It's just a matter of when, and I would presume at some point this week or next week. All right, 748, uh, a couple minutes late. But better late than ever, let's get to what's on the cut sheet. What's on the cut sheet? What's on the cut sheet on this Monday? Sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out over at 70 and Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Don't forget to tell them you heard about them on 1210 WPHD. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Um, Gavin Newsom, the hair, was on Meet the Press on Sunday. Because you pointed this out, Nick, in the 6 o'clock hour that he's out here making the rounds, making the case for Joe Biden, being interviewed by anyone who will interview him. And the person that interviewed him was Kristen Welker. Starting with cut two here. Um, on on calls for uh, Gavin Newsom to jump into the 2024 presidential race, he calls it idle chatter and a sideshow. Hmm. Okay. Cut two, Phil, go. Let's talk about you, Governor. Days after that special counsel report came out questioning the president's age and his memory, the Washington Post reported that anxious Democrats reached out to top Biden donors to ask, quote, when is Gavin getting in? Or how about Whitmer or Shapiro? The buzz has not stopped. I know you've been asked this before, but do you still rule out a run in 2024? Are you, I, mean, I am here celebrating the extraordinary accomplishments of the Biden-Harris administration, making the case that we need to make to lift up the issues, lift up the record, drive contrast with the Republican nominee to be Donald Trump Have you so that we calls? can win for four more years. Have you gotten any calls, Governor? Well, every, you to it's all idle chatter. It's all irre- it's, you know what? That's a sideshow. I think what Democrats need to do is worry less, do more, continue to overperform as we have, continue to win, make the case. Don't be ashamed of 4.1% GDP over the last two quarters. Don't be ashamed about the alliance management of the Biden-Harris administration. Don't be timid about but, making the case for the record of this administration. So you're ruling it out 100%. I mean, it's not even an interesting conversation. Okay. And by the way, I think it's a damning conversation. Frankly, the other side wants us to have. And trust me, I know the Michigash coming from the other side. I'm deeply mindful of the anger machine and all the entertainment industry out there on Fox and elsewhere. They love ginning this stuff up. At the end of the day, not only has this train left the station, but we, are, we get to enjoy a record of accomplishments as we make the case in a re-election, the likes of which we couldn't have even dreamt of, uh, even as a Democrat, last century. Well, I'll tell you what, Gavin Newsom really does pay attention to a lot of what Fox News <laughs> says about him. He is always aware of what yeah. right-wing media has to say about the governor of California. But, you know, he says it's a sideshow and it's a circus. 
I would argue, well, dude, you created the sideshow in the circus. You're the one who brought in Xi to California and cleaned up the streets of San Francisco. As a governor having a meeting and a gathering and a get-together with the communist leader of China is interesting. We also saw him popping up in South Carolina months ago. What he has done, in my opinion, he's kind of towed the like he's right on like he's played both sides like he's been adamant that 2024 is not his year he's backing joe but i tell you what he really is always seeking a camera and a microphone so he's kind of been on both sides of the equation i think he desperately wants it he's just waiting for the opportunity which at this point some people are thinking will not come um, moving on to cut four here. He says he isn't worried about Biden's ability to be Trump in November, despite voters' concerns about his age. Cut four, Phil, go. There are some pretty stark numbers that you're facing. 76% of voters say they have real concerns about President Biden's ability to serve a second term. Do you think it's responsible for Democrats to put him at the top of the ticket, given those concerns? Responsible. I revere his record. I, I mean, this what he's done in three years has been a masterclass, close to 15 wow. million jobs. That's eight times more than the last three Republican presidents combined. The economy is booming. Inflation is cooling. It's 0.6% more than it was in the summer of 2020 at just 3.1%. Wait a second. We have American manufacturing coming back home all because of Biden's wisdom, because of his temperance, his capacity to lead in a bipartisan manner, which is an underrepresented point. And so I have great confidence moving forward. So the answer is absolutely all in in terms of the next four years, Joe Biden. These voters, though, are not complaining about his record. They're talking about concerns about his ability to beat Trump, who you've called a a lightning, a threat, essentially, to the democracy. But in private, we've heard a lot of, well, we've heard a lot of his allies say publicly in private, he is strong, he's in command, he's forceful. Does he need to do more to show? I think he's doing everything he needs to do. I mean, he's got an extraordinary record. He's doing everything he needs to do on Ukraine at the moment. He's doing everything he needs to do uh, to reconcile and wrestle some common sense as it relates to a bipartisan approach to address the issue of the border, uh, where the Republicans couldn't take yes for an answer yeah. uh, because they don't want to make that a political issue. Uh, he is leading. And so, no, from my humble perspective, not only the last humble, three years have yeah. been extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. I've been out with him, as you know, on the campaign drive. I was just out in California. I've seen him up close. I've seen him from far. But here's my point. It's because of his age that he's been so successful. <laughs> that message bought and paid for by the Biden I, administration. I got to tell you guys, though, it, it is smart for the Biden campaign to roll him out there and be his spokesperson rather than have Joe out there. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, but I, I was also going to ask you now because Joe can't be out there. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at a poll from Spectrum News and the Sacramento Bee on November seventh, twenty twenty three, where Gavin Newsom's approval ratings fell below fifty percent for the first time. So that was uh, just about three months ago. Why is it that Gavin Newsom is just presumed to be the heir apparent? with a guy at an approval rating at 48% in his own state. Is it merely because it's California? Mm-hmm. Because I would say if, if he was the governor of a small blue state that had a mass exodus and a high cost of living, nobody would consider him for the presidency. Why is he considered like the next guy, the next big thing? Nobody wants to live in his state. Nobody can afford to live there. 
San Francisco and L.A. are crime hellholes with drug camps and homeless population, population tents popping up all over the street. Like why, That's why I brought up earlier in the 6 o'clock hour about Josh Shapiro. Now, he, I know he hasn't been around long enough, and maybe he's not as... Would you? Right, let me ask you this. Would you say that Gavin Newsom exudes strength and confidence in his delivery? I mean, in his delivery, okay. yes. The Shapiro doesn't show that, well, Correct. But does Shapiro lack maybe the... The, the, the no, charm, the, charisma, the, no, the, the, the exuding that uh, the, I can do this. The only thing Shapiro lacks, and Dawn knows him better than I do, but in my opinion, the only thing Shapiro lacks is the name recognition right now. Okay. Right? Yeah, but I think that helps him. I think the fact that he's, he, you know, and he's active on Instagram, he and he's good at social media, in my opinion, but he is the everyman. He's mm. the good guy. He's the bipartisan guy. These are his talking points. And so the fact that you think about a time when we're so divided and we know who all the players are, but all the polls show that a lot of people just feel like, I just want you to get the job done. We're suffering in the economy. So I think a Shapiro is somebody who plays well in this economy, in this climate. You know, I'm going to give you guys a, um, a football comparison. Gavin Newsom, to me, is like that coach that gets all the media attention. He's like Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers. He never re- he's never really comparison. won anything, yes, but, man, they love to yeah. trot him out. Whereas, like, you know, Josh Shapiro might, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, pump up Shapiro, but Shapiro's like that little-known offensive coordinator that... He doesn't create a lot of headlines, but gets stuff. But out. he's but he's actually getting yeah. some stuff accomplished, and people are like, yep. "This guy's a guy that you might want to keep an eye on in your short list to come." It's a great comparison. Uh, sorry, sorry for the football analogy yeah. for everybody that got pissed. Oh off. no, see, he's a sports guy. No, but Josh Shapiro is somebody who again. I know oh, we're all going to get hate mail for sorry. talking about Josh Shapiro. Oh, Dawn is pumping up Shapiro. <laughs> oh God, we're never listening again. Dawn grocery shops with him in Montgomery County. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've known him for a long time I and talked about it. But he is somebody who you know, married his high school sweetheart. Well, sweetheart, they have four kids, and he's not seen as this progressive far left Democrat. And so that matters. He's not a slick talker with perfect hair like Newsom. He's not a pretty boy. All of that helps him, and I think he plays well. So you think of President Joe Biden and the Democrats. They have two governors from two, you know. Two important states for different reasons, Shapiro and Newsom out as surrogates for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salt Queen on the YouTube chat says, Shapiro's a gnome. <laughs> Would never vote for someone sh- shorter than me. Oh, is he short? I don't know. I guess so. Oh, here we go with the uh, Ron DeSantis. He's too short to be the POTUS. <laughs> he exudes weakness. Yeah, I don't remember him. I'm pretty tall. I'm five, seven and a half. I don't remember him being, a, I, I don't, I don't think he's. I love how we all of a sudden we he's made... He's not like a little, yeah. little guy. Like yeah. being president is like getting on a roller coaster. you got to be a certain height. Hmm. It kind of is. I know. It's, it's, so, it's so lame. I know. Uh, you said earlier, Nick, about pe- people in droves moving out of California. You know who's one of those people? Rocky. Yes. Oh, Sylvester no. Stallone. So I moving south. Moving from it. California to, uh, to Florida. This clip is courtesy of his reality show. I had no idea he had a reality show. It's called <laughs> The Family I. Stallone. You can oh. watch it on Paramount Plus, apparently. Uh, this is what he said to his family uh, in a totally non-scripted uh, dinner conversation. Uh, cut 19. Phil, go. After long, hard consideration, your mother and I have decided it's time to move on and leave the state of California permanently, and we're going to go to Florida. We're going to sell this house. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. 
Oh, Dad! It's a joke. It's not a joke at all. Oh, Gotta hate reality time. shows. No LA time. Full time. We already have. No Venice Beach. It's a done deal. It's a done deal, pal. Oh. Done deal. I can't take. All right, here we go. Twenty-two years from now, it's the year uh, twenty-forty-six. I'm sixty-three. I've been in this show for twenty-five years. <laughs> I'm sitting down in front of my wife and my daughters, who are now, my God, what are they, thirty-four years old? And I say, you know what, girls, that's it. I'm done. I've had it with Pennsylvania. I gave Stalker my two weeks. It's been a good quarter century. Daddy's going to Florida. Yeah. I relish. I wish I was in Stallone's spot right now. By the way, you can see the video on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WP. Yeah, what are they eating? Eggs there, by the way? Stallone, uh, Stallone had a lot of work done. Yeah. He sounds okay, though, does <laughs> he, he does, not? He does. He does, but it's faceless. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You can comment on it. but Here's a boxing. <laughs> yes, that yeah, must be it. Bo- bo- <laughs> that must be it. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> So, so, so what? You, usually, that's a Paramount Plus streaming show. Yeah, huh? Apparently, I've never seen it. So, just... th- so he got to stay, and Catherine Herridge got the boot. <laughs> so that's a, now we know how CBS and Paramount spend their money. Yeah, great. Um, Down the middle, journalist or a washed-up old boxer. <laughs> he's not a boxer. He's an actor. He's awful. Oh, you're not a. Yeah, I'm, a fan. I'm a fan. I mean, you know, ran, you know, like five or six movies, but like. Is he really Man. a good actor? He's kind of Man. stuck in I the, love everyone. Yeah, I have I to say, I love every... I have to rethink if you can do more than you try. Yeah. I'll be a Nick Hill. Oh, my not, God. A Rocky fan. I know, and I hate the pictures of Pats and Genos when they show it on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> now, so, Tulsa King, you guys don't like... You've never watched it? No. We, oh, oh, he's he's like the star of that show, right? Yeah, we like... I, I like that show. Yeah. No. I like Tulsa I King. like actors that can it's go good. to a variety of roles. They could be the heel, they could be the good guy, they could do action, they could do drama. He's just very, you know, one, he's like that guy that always plays a cop in every movie you've ever seen him in. <laughs> I don't care, he's good. I'm not saying but he, watch Tulsa King, it's good. Hmm. It's good. How do I find that? Uh Paramount Plus. Oh, is that YouTube TV? That's not that's not the reality show name, is it? No, no. Okay, it's a, it's a scripted show. Oh, so he's yeah. got multiple shows on on Paramount. Yeah, okay. the uh, the Paramount show is called The Family Stallone. Family Stallone. All right. Um, let's with his, move with his gorgeous daughter. Let's move on to the uh, Michigan primary, shall we? Uh, Representative Dingle, <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Dingle, uh, was on uh, Face the Nation on Sunday. And, you know, we've said this in the past, and it's true, uh, that Joe Biden faces a tough battle in, in, uh, in the Muslim community, which is very big in certain parts of Michigan. And even though, who is it, Tlaib last week came out and said, uh, you know, don't vote for Joe Biden, yep. vote unaccompanied or unaccounted for whatever. Yep. Um, Asked uh, Representative Dingle about this. I just like saying your name. Um, and she says that, well, it is a factor. It's not a V factor in this uh, upcoming primary. Uh, cut 14, Phil, go. You've been very clear the humanitarian side of this conflict. In terms of the political impact, was it a mistake for President Biden when he went to Michigan not to meet with any members from this particular community? Look, I I do believe that he is going to need to do that at some point down the road. This community is pretty angry right now. Uh, Look, I get protested. I had a town hall meeting this week and a number of people, and I think I've been one of the people that has been the most apathetic and has been working this issue really hard. I think he sent his team out 
what when he sent many of his team out, they developed relationships or connected with people that from both sides have heard that they've got ongoing conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's got to continue. I mean, this is really, look, Michigan's a purple state. I want to yeah. make that clear. It's been a purple state as long as I've been doing presidential elections. This is a very important issue here, but there are going to be other issues too. This state's going to be purple from now until November. And I'll tell you one more thing, because I am the person that fought 30 years to have a state like Michigan as one of the early primaries. I want to be talking about this issue now in February because it will matter in November and not on October 15th, which has happened too many times in previous presidential elections. That issues that matter in November aren't talked early. To her point, Joe took Michigan in 2020 by 154,000 votes. Trump took it over Hillary in 2016. Well, here's what Joe has done by being a weak leader. He's kind of screwed himself himself on both ends of the ledger here when it comes to the Middle East. He's got a lot of people in the Michigan community that are Arabic-American, and they are very disgusted with Joe, and they're listening to people like Rashida Tlaib. And then I just saw a poll over the weekend in the New York Post that Trump is doing incredibly well with Jewish voters in New York. So you got that's working against Joe and the Big Apple. So he's got people on both sides. And I said this going back to November, December, and January. He has handled this situation poorly. You're always going to tick off one side when you are adamant about something when it comes to something that's been going on for the uh, entirety of humanity with Arabs and Jews fighting in the Middle East. But his his approach to this has kind of really alienated him with both bases, if you think about it, in multiple states. Agreed. And I do agree that Representative Dingleberry, excuse me, Dingle, is right <laughs> that I think that, I do think that Michigan is a toss-up state, and I think that it is smart of them to get, to air this laundry now with the Muslim community rather than in October. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Representative Dingle. But I, I'll tell you what, I think Tlaib's accurate. I think right now, short of a ceasefire, I don't think those people are voting for Joe. But are they voting for Trump? Doesn't mean, no, doesn't mean they're voting for Trump. But yeah. But if they vote for mm. a third, you know, there are so many different people running in all these different factions, yep. and that's where that comes into play. But who are the Trump voters going to go for? Yeah. Um, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of, of Michigan, was on... Over the weekend, too, and she admits that she's not sure how Biden will fare against the potential protest vote in Tuesday's Michigan primary. Uh, This is cut 20, Phil, go. One of the tests of uh, what is going to happen in November could come in this primary on Tuesday. And the question is how deep Democratic divisions are over a lot of issues, the biggest of which I think in your state is the war in Gaza. Uh, Some of the leaders, very vocal, uh, respected leaders inside your state, Rashida Tlaib is one of them, they're pushing Democrats to vote uncommitted on Tuesday instead of voting for President Biden in order to send a message and to protest uh, what the president is doing. This is a real serious campaign uh, by people like Rashida Tlaib and others. How many uncommitted votes do you think we're going to see on Tuesday? How worried are you? Well, I'm I'm not sure what we're going to see on Tuesday, to tell you the truth. I can tell you this, that um, Michigan has been so fortunate to be the home of a robust Arab, Muslim, Palestinian um, community Maybe and not. a robust if Jewish community. If it doesn't work out for him. We've no. as neighbors for decades. And 
there's a lot of pain all across all of these communities um, because of what's happening halfway around the world. I know that um, we've got this, this primary and we will see differences of opinion. I just want to make the case, though, that it's important not to lose sight of the fact that any vote that's not cast for Joe Biden supports a second Trump term. A second Trump term would be devastating, not just on fundamental rights, not just on our democracy here at home, but also when it comes to foreign policy. This was a man who promoted a Muslim ban. This is, I think, a very high stakes moment. I am encouraging people to cast an affirmative vote for President Biden. I understand the pain that people are feeling, and I'll continue to work to build bridges with um, folks in, in all of these communities because they're all important to me, they're all important to Michigan, and I know they're all important to President Biden as well. Sounds like you're um, preparing for a sizable portion of the vote being uncommitted and sending that <laughs> yes, protest message Oops. to President Biden. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Dana, I'm just not sure what to expect. I think you know this is our first time going this early in the process. There are a lot of pressures. And you never know with the weather, you know, there are a lot of different things that can impact what happens <laughs> on weather. Tuesday. I do know that we've got about nine Great Lakes are frozen. election and we are taking Michigan very seriously as, as they should. Michigan's always a state where the election is close. She does not sound as confident as uh, Dingleberry there does. No, no, she does not. And she knows her statistics and demographics better than I do. So I'm assuming she will know this fact that specifically in Dearborn, Michigan, it is nearly 55% Arabic. Wow. Did you know that? I did not know Dearborn, that. Michigan, more than 50% of the entire population in that community is Arabic or uh, of North African descent. Mm. Not a good recipe if you want to take Purple State, Michigan. Um, we will get... Well, hang on one second. We will get back to uh, the politics clips in one second, but I wanted to take a break from this for one. You know how we always talk about how... You know, we we look at pictures and videos from the 1950s and 60s and see how orderly and <laughs> what a great time it was to be alive. Nice, yeah. just 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 people were nicer and respectful and skinny. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's tough but fair. Uh, I take you to a Wendy's, and and by the way, Wendy's huge sponsor. We love Wendy's, so yes. Uh, but this woman uh, was very upset because I guess she wasn't getting getting her order correct. <laughs> And she's in there with her son. The entire time that she's berating the manager at Wendy's, she has her arm around her son, and then she just and then she decides to completely destroy the Wendy's. That child's got no chance to succeed in life. Um, this is this is quite the video you will see. Um, uh, when people attack, this is cut sixteen. A woman going wild in a Wendy's. Cut sixteen. Phil, go. Out of my face. She's ten feet away from me. She has her arm around her son. She's got a big fanny. Yeah, yeah. Man. Man. Oh wow. <laughs> Great job bleeping. Oh by the way, voice. <laughs> look at oh, that. Oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> nice mouth, mom. Oh, uh, look at that. Oh, there goes the condiments, <laughs> napkins, mustard, <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> She's just <laughs> the spoon. Can you the imagine? 
The there goes the sweet and lows. The poor people there that make seven bucks an hour have to clean that up from this oh, lunatic. There's a nice orange soda there sitting there in the fill-up thing. Mm. There goes the lids. <laughs> Offer some extra sauce, Mike says. <laughs> there we go. You have to get the straws out. Her son is sitting there just thinking that's acceptable All I normal to do behavior. Is just order some food. Look what I got to go through. <laughs> yep. And she, but her, her son leave. That yep. poor kid's like, I need a meal now. <laughs> Where are we going now, Mom? McDonald's? I thought, I thought we were getting lunch here. <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> poor kid doesn't even want to say a word. He might get backhanded, too. <laughs> we got a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I need some extra Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> I, I come here every day at lunch. That's amazing. I, honest to God, like, what, what causes you? I mean, I have been in many situations in, in retail or fast food or restaurant settings where I, I've talked about this on the air. I think customer service has gone to crap in this day and age. People act like they just do the bare minimum and then they want a 22% tip, things like that. Yep. But what would cause that lady to act that way? And it's it's not a Wendy's thing, but in general, we see it through the drive through at fast foods. Usually people start throwing the sodas back in the, through the little chute. It's just embarrassing. People act like animals. They do. That's animal behavior. Yeah. My dog wouldn't do that if I let him go for five minutes in a kitchen full of unzipped food. That's <laughs> just... I just, I just love the... Like, and the poor kid, like... I know. I, I hope he ends up being fine, but they, he's going to be... If, if There's no way that's the first time she's ever done something like that. Now, if you do that in public, imagine what you're like behind closed doors oh in the God. privacy of your own home. It's just, it's this... She's probably throwing toasters and Eggos. <laughs> syrup bottles. Peter M. writes, if Wendy's is causing her this much agita, I would advise her to cook at home more. <laughs> it's also it's also a good... Uh, um, while we have a lot of uh, people that tuned in over to YouTube just to see that video, uh, I want to play this one. Dawn, maybe you can help me with this one, too. Um, this was recently obtained footage from a ring doorbell of heavily armed FBI agents that raided the home of a decorated veteran after January 6th in a newly obtained video footage. Chris Kuhn? K-U-E-H-N-E. Cooney? He's a 22-year veteran who received awards including the Purple Heart and was sentenced to prison on Friday. One day after the raid, Cooney's wife, Annette Kuhn, miscarried their baby. By the way, after this footage was done. Oh, my God. He was present in the Capitol on January 6th, but did not engage in any violence. In the early morning hours of February 11th, 2021, that's what this footage that we're going to see, Chris, his four-year-old son, and his wife were woken up by the FBI as they ransacked his home. He was sentenced on Friday to 75 days in prison and 24 months of supervised release. He pled guilty to a misdemeanor count of obstruction of law enforcement during a civil disorder. So he was sentenced to 75 days in prison. Let me ask you guys this. If you're watching this video on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHE. By the way, if you're here, hit the, hit the subscribe button and hit the like button, uh, please. If it's warranted for this, mind you, pregnant wife, yeah. four-year-old son. Right. And all of these armed agents. A month and 15 days in the can. And for you've got this. the FBI kicking in your door? Yeah, cut 21, Phil, go. You can hear the kid crying. Yeah. There's another family. Look at, there's like, there's eight of them. Yeah. With, with, with 
as they would say, high power automatic rifles. Mm-hmm. It's okay, buddy. It's okay, buddy. Now, is that another family that was just. No, that's his wife and four year old son. So, his pregnant wife. Pregnant wife who miscarried the day after this. Okay. Um, I can't really see. She doesn't look like she's even pregnant yeah, in the video. Yeah, I know. But according to. She miscarried the day after. And you counted there was eight agents yes. that went in? Yeah. Yeah, that seems incredibly excessive for something as, as simple as obstruction of obstruction of justice with a a month and 15, I mean, 70, I'm sorry, that's not a month, that's uh, two months and, yeah, 60, two months and 15 days in jail. So does um, our buddy that killed the, the, the jogger in Athens, Georgia... Did that require eight FBI agents? No. I'm wondering. Oh no, he was um, he was let out in New York. Yeah, he was he was. They're making know. they're making an example of people. Is what they're doing. They're setting a precedent, yeah. whether we agree with it or not. They're they're establishing that this is what's going to happen in the event something like January 6, twenty twenty one ever happens again. So I, I mean, it's obviously it's you know politically motivated for all. I mean, three years later, I mean they're tracking down people that. To Greg's description, the guy went in there and didn't commit any violation. Phil, can you uh, run back the footage without the audio? Uh, can you run back the footage one more time? I just want to see it. So there's one. Look at that sniper, two, like, sniper rifles. Three, four, five, six total officers. Seven. Here comes the eight. 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 There's eight. Yeah, this is eight uh, officers for one guy. I mean, what is this like? Uh, uh, this, this, <laughs> those guys going through there look like uh, the guys over in um, in the movie with uh, Bradley Cooper in the Middle East. Yeah. My God, American Sniper. I mean, I, I just I don't know what else to say about this. I mean, we we uh, was this guy a threat? Well, do we sort? do we know what his past history is? Does he have a violent history? I mean, I, I think the context would matter. I mean, does he have prior offenses where he was violent or weapon offenses? I mean, if not, and this guy is just somebody that did what he did allegedly on January 6th, I'm not sure that it warrants more than, you know, two or three people um, beyond a local jurisdiction police-wise. Or now, obviously, this is a federal case, so the FBI is involved. But, I mean, really? I mean, they went in there like he was uh, holed up there with a hostage situation. <laughs> no, and most of these, it's a it goes... To a federal uh, federal misdemeanor charge, so I don't believe he's charged with assaulting any Capitol police officer. No, there's or no anything of that nature. Violent crime. There's no yeah. violent crime. It was just basically a misdemeanor. Seventy five days in prison and twenty four months supervised release. That seems to me excessive for oh, yeah. that outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look, if 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 you are. You, you know the the FBI and the cops they have a tough job if 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 they think there's a threat or there's a you know there's a guy inside who is going to harm himself or his family or somebody mm-hmm. else obviously take it take whatever oh yeah necessary measures you can but to me that seems a bit excessive yeah i'm pro i'm pro law enforcement whatever you have to do but i i mean i would like to know what the the history of this individual is that warranted that other than the fact no history then then they're just doing it there's no history they're doing it to put the fear of god in people that's what they're doing this is somebody who i mean as greg said he was um a decorated military veteran yep and has a wife and family and is at home and there's no reason the, – the reason that they have these raids with all of these guys – it's the same thing with Mark Houck. It's a, you know, it's, it's this issue of, oh, show of force, and mm-hmm. we're cracking down, and it's intimidation. It's a show. It's a shock it value. Yep. yep. It, it absolutely is. Um, Bob Costas. Ugh, this guy. Was on the Smirkanish program on CNN on Saturday. 
And he's making headlines because, uh, remember when Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters deplorables? Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Bob Costas called them a toxic cult. Ah. So this should really help Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. This should really help Joe Biden's chances. Uh, Bob Costas on Smirconish's program, Cut 22, Phil, go. Like the others that I've quoted from, you come at this from a position of not wanting to see Trump get elected. You should state that at the outset. True? Yes, absolutely. He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since 2016 and since 2020. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits, and it's only those who are (laughs) actually suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, which is the way they and Fox News and all the rest of MAGA media try to brush aside all the legitimate criticisms of Trump. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, or ethically fit to be president of the United States. Donald Trump has broken the brains of so many people, including guys like Bob Costas, who apparently have transitioned from sports to news and politics. I know Bob Costas has been with Turner Sports, which Turner owns CNN, but I I swear I've heard nothing but political commentary out of Bob yeah. Costas for the last couple of years. Well, because he comes on and 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 kicks Trump in the nuts. That's why people mm-hmm. like to have him on there because yeah. he says these incendiary things. I just don't understand. And by the way, to be fair to Costas, and I'm I'm not being fair to him, but um, uh, to be fair to him, he does go on later to say that he thinks that Joe Biden should not be the nominee for the Democrats, mm-hmm. which is which is why he was there. He doesn't think he thinks Joe Biden should stand down because Donald Trump is an existential threat to right. and he can't beat him, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Bob Costas, also the guy 30 years ago who said the wild card would be the death of Major League Baseball when they expanded <laughs> the playoffs. So he hasn't gotten anything right in sports in 30 years. <laughs> My guess is he won't get anything right politically, but at least he used some uh, some nice language there. What was it, a bubbling cauldron yeah. of something something? He's. When will these guys realize that, like, it's okay, like, if you don't like Trump, fine, but don't go on TV and insult his 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 supporters. Well, they don't it's, care. It's, it's it is it's career suicide. Well, You're he's just, just playing. He's just playing to Smirconish's base on that Saturday morning show. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not. I don't think he remotely cares if he triggers Trump supporters. He's probably he probably gets a, that's 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 what really makes it derangement syndrome is the the, the amount of people that obsess over him yeah. and certainly there are plenty of supporters of Trump that obsess over his every single thing but those on the left that they, my thing is if I don't really like you I don't spend much time thinking about exactly you. like I don't like Joe Biden but I have to think about him because it's my job but if I was just in sports media or if I was a school teacher and I didn't like Joe Biden. I wouldn't spend spend my entire existence posting on Facebook how I dislike the guy. Well, that's just it. Costas, as you said, has a has a decorated career as a as a as a sports announcer. Why doesn't he just stick with that? Because and these I'm guys are these... because these guys are so bored with sports. Yeah. They've been doing it forever. It's the same reason I got out of it. It is really mundane after a while, and if you don't love it, you should step aside. <laughs> So that's why I kind of got out of it. But these guys on the left is they—they just—they're so bored. What? That's why they always look for the political or social angle to everything sports related, yeah. like the Kaepernick stuff and anything that can be something 
politically or socially left of center, they jump on because they're so tired of saying, all right, Tom Brady's the best quarterback. <laughs> We've done that show a bazillion times. Bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. Thank you. Thank you, Newman Do you think Price. he rehearsed that? That had to be a rehearsed job. I mean, it was very nicely said. It, I mean, it I was mean, yeah. horrendous what he said, but it was, it was, he was very eloquent. It flowed <laughs> off his lips, didn't it? <laughs> All right. Uh, we have to be careful about this one because of copyright rules uh, for YouTube. So, uh, Phil, don't play the don't play the video. I'm just going to play the audio here. I'm going to stop it and start it. Shane Gillis, comedian Shane Gillis, was the host on SNL this week, which is just so ironic because SNL fired him because of jokes that he made on a podcast and stuff yep. that he said on a podcast. And then he literally gets up in his monologue and does the exact same jokes. Watched the entire show wow. from 11.29 to 1 a.m. You stayed up? I stayed up. Uh, what is I, wrong with you? God is my witness. I took a nap Saturday night. Just so you could see it. At 7.45, after Trump was declared the winner, I conked out on the couch. I set my phone for 11.15. I was asleep from 8.15 to 11.15. You are high. Solely to watch Shane Gillis. Wow. By the way, Shane Gillis, uh, Philadelphia native, you can tell in his Mechanicsburg, right? In his accent, no, I think he's from, I think he's from Delco. Okay, I, th- I thought I saw Mechanicsburg. Um, so I, it was like a nine-minute monologue. He went into a bunch of different things. He talked about uh, his niece having Down syndrome. <laughs> Um, yep. okay. By the way, full disclosure, my my wife's sister of course. has Down syndrome, and I still find it hilarious. Yep. Um, so this is a uh, this is a this is a bit where he talks about how every mother likes their son at a certain age because they they kind of sound like their gay best friend. <laughs> it's just it's so funny to me that yeah. he he is doing these jokes that he got. Fired from SNL oh. from which which to me mm-hmm. sounds like they're admitting they made a mistake. Oh, absolutely. Right? Okay. Yes. And oh, by the way, I know we're not going to show the video because of uh, YouTube. But if you watched it, or if you haven't, and you can see the clips on the internet, or go back if you DVR'd it, there's a couple of the cast members that sit in the back, like the Saturday Night Live band. Yeah. I forget who the guy. He's been there forever. He's got the real curly hair. He's always sitting slightly right of center of the yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. There was a few of those people that were like, yeah, they were not happy. They did not find it funny. Yeah. Uh, Digital Lava asked if you if you've ever heard of a DVR. <laughs> I have, but I wanted to take in the SNL okay. experience for the first time wow. in many years. Okay, Shane Gillis opening monologue. Um, yeah, go. My mom asked me. She's like, "When did we stop being best friends?" And she's right. We used to be best friends. You remember that when you were a little boy and you like you loved your mom and you thought she was the cool. You remember when you were gay? <laughs> you remember when you were just a gay little boy? <laughs> boy is just their mom's gay best friend there's literally zero difference what do you think do you think that they are this is uncomfortable laughter or do you think they filled the audience with his fans i think there were some genuine people in there that enjoyed it but there was definitely a sizable amount i would say more that laughed than didn't from based on what i could hear but visually with the people on the stage you could tell there were some that were like by the way can i just say this aside from all of this this observation is brilliant because he goes on to say why why mothers at a certain age like their sons because they become like their gay best friend. Yeah. It is it is a brilliant observation. Yes, it is. I was gay for my mom. She would pick me up from school. I'd hop in the van. I'd be like, girl, tell me about your day. <laughs> I thought she was cool. I would listen to her music. I'd be like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go, girls. <laughs> I would dance for her. <laughs> She'd be like, look at my little dancer. <laughs> 
And and by the way, anybody who's ever seen Shane Gillis' stand-up mm-hmm. knows like this is exactly what he does in a stand-up. Yeah. Show. And it comes off very uh, raw and organic. It doesn't sound too rehearsed and too polished. He, he puts his head down. He giggles a little bit. He, he's not the smoothest uh, delivery guy of his jokes, but they're, the, to me, they hit. They resonate. I, I found it hysterical. Absolutely. All right. And then now he goes on to say, at what, <laughs> at what age do you stop becoming your mom's best friend? Mm-hmm. And every guy, every, can guy relate. every guy can relate here. But, uh... My mom asked me when we stopped being best friends, and I don't, I don't have the heart to tell her because, like most men, I know exactly when me and my mom stopped being friends. It was, uh, it was the first time I f***ed off. <laughs> Dawn's like, oh, God. Dawn's like, Anthony, where's my script? Where's my sponsor for the big three? I'll leave this to Nick and Greg. Are we doing a keyword? Do we have a keyword coming up in two minutes, anybody? Keyword. <laughs> no Disney cruises today, folks. Oh God, every guy can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, it was so. Good. I thought his opening bit was great. I thought the the mom stuff, the Trump sneaker skit was right. great, and the gambling skit as well. Yeah, let's play a little bit of the uh, Trump sneaker, uh, the gold sneaker bit. So the premise of this, Nick, and you can you watch more of this than I did, but it's like a big loser who can't make shots. Yeah, and then he gets the Trump gold sneakers well it's the old commercial from the late 80s and 90s where it wasn't you were bad at basketball but if you if you if you bought the real expensive basketball shoe all of a sudden it would make you dunk yeah <laughs> uh so this is he gets the gold basketball shoes he still stinks but there's a funny twist here and gordon dwyer's about to find out that winning come on man how'd you miss that is a state of mind I didn't miss. It went in. Oh. <laughs> From Newsmax Studios. Newsmax Studios. Comes another magical sneaker movie for white people. So you're saying these Trump shoes made you good at basketball? No. They gave me the power to say I'm good. <laughs> on that until people actually start to believe it. Now he gets whatever he wants. Mr. Mitchell, everybody's saying I should have your office because... By the way, I I like Shane Gillis, but yeah. his Trump impression sucks. No, th- once again, a call for Sean Farash yeah, exactly. to Saturday Night Live. And they bring out the guy uh, who, who does, does Trump. at the very end of it, and it was it yeah. was, it was was not good. You gotta see the video of it. I mean, he's got the shoes on, and then they're both they're staring at each other, both dressed up as the president, as Trump with the blue blazer, the red tie, and the white shirt. And it, I, they did a pretty decent job on Gillis's hair for Trump. They did. You could tell the little hairspray job down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a I, it was a funny concept, and then I don't know. Funniest Saturday Night Live I can recall in recent memory. See, a lot of people were saying that they like Shane, but that that this just wasn't the right uh, venue for him. Really? Yeah, I'm wondering if with his offensive stuff in the monologue, if he did what Woody Harrelson did a year ago, no. where now he duped I, the he duped the staff and said he wouldn't go in a certain direction. No, because I think that if they're if they're hiring him or not hiring him, but if they're asking him to host that week, they know what they're going to get. Yeah, they, like with Woody Harrelson, you don't expect that because it's not really what he does. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an actor. Yeah, with Shane Gillis, you know exactly what his standup is. You fired him for being edgy, so you know. Which they, is exactly what some comedy is and should be, yeah. and should be permissible. Absolutely. It, take take the you know the word gay out of that bit that he did, and take you know the all of the offensive stuff about uh, you know the, 
you know, <laughs> being master of your domain. Yeah. But like yeah. he, it's a brilliant observation. And mm -hmm. that's basically what comedy is. It's saying funny things because people are too uncomfortable to say it. Um, can we fade Dorenzo up? I think he's got some thoughts because I, I know, know he's a... Um... We have to break it. Okay. Dorenzo, I'll say, I'll read your comment real quick. He, uh, Dorenzo says, I thought Shane did really well. His brand of comedy was accepted with open arms more than I anticipated for SNL standards. I mean, look, you know, sometimes, w what a shock. You're actually going to open up and widen your base <laughs> of your audience by bringing in some people that normally wouldn't watch your show. I typically don't watch the show, period. Yeah. If I do see any of it, it's from their Twitter feed with clips. Yep. I, I took, and, I, and yes, sir, on, t on YouTube, I know there's a thing called DVRs. But I wanted to say, up. I had nothing else to do, and I wanted to watch it live. My life, and if I want to take a nap first, I'll do that. You do that. All right, we have a break. 855 We'll come back, get Dawn's Big Three. That'll do it for part one, part two, an hour from now. It's Kalen Company, Monday morning, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge. Because you know it's America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. I said I'm talking... I'm taking the uh, Brooklyn Nets tonight at minus one and a half against the, Mem against the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Excuse me. Can't talk here. Uh, 150 bucks in bonus bets if your bet wins. All you have to do is plunk down $5. You can bet on everything from quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Do it now. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NBA. 21 and over, President PA. First online room, money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not eligible. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and the free Odyssey app.